right. Hey, everybody, welcome to the fall line with chaos and company. We are back this week with an absolutely awesome podcast. We're going to have tonight. Uh, we are welcoming to the podcast, Nick Blaylock and, uh, Nick this year is one of our friends of the podcast and sponsors of the podcast, along with Blizzard Technica, which is really cool to have Blizzard Technica on board and Nick, uh, Nick is over near Mount snow in his own shop, Nick's boot fitters. And uh, he absolutely has been putting me in boots for a long time. And it's awesome to have him here tonight. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. No, thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, inviting me on. Uh, Nick's Boot Fitting is the shop, Dave. Uh, what did I say? Nick's Boot Fitters? Jeez, boot see, fitters. look at that. That's I already right with there. my sponsors. That's all right. Yeah, everybody will figure it out once they type, start typing it in. Anyway. Yeah. But no, it's great to have be on. And uh, no, I enjoyed watching you guys last year and wanted to be a part of it. And when you called and asked me if I wanted to talk about boots, I mean, I love talking about ski boots. So it's great. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Angelo is here to make sure that I don't make too many sp- mistakes like I did tonight already. I'm not going to be able to do that. Uh, hey, yeah. You were skateboarding again this week, Angelo? Today. Yep. Destroying yeah. my feet, screwing up my alignment. So it's a good thing Nick's on because I'm all messed up. Well, well, I was going to say that, man. I think you didn't have your, um, have some orthotics or footbeds and the sneakers you're on that board. No, you just, yeah. <laughs> <It's> kind of <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> you were almost speechless, Angelo, on that one. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you get uh, your foot get your foot all used to being out of balance and feeling the board now so you can get used to the winter coming up. So yeah, oh my yeah, I, I'm gonna stuff them in some boot that's oh. they're not gonna be happy. Yeah. <laughs> I will make it work. Yeah. Well, hey, we're here with Nick Blaylock and um I've known Nick for quite a while um through my PSA days. Nick started um uh, fitting my boots, I think, when I was going to even but maybe before Pro Jam or during Pro Jam when he was there with Greg Hoffman and the crew way back when in the early days. And um, Nick, so when did you start skiing, man? Cause I didn't, I didn't know you back then. When did you learn how to <laughs> ski and you know, how'd that go? Oh, for skiing. Uh, you know, I grew up on the coast of Maine, down East Maine. So uh, obviously there's a couple little ski hills and uh, didn't really do it. Did it as something that was fun and different. And uh, uh, then just, through like middle school, like 10, 11, did it a little bit more and started liking it. And, uh, obviously was pretty athletic and did a lot of different sports. So, uh, I loved the challenge because I never really got taught to ski. I didn't really, nobody told me how to snow plow and go through. They basically, uh, went up with buddies and went up to the top on the T-bar and then they push you in the back and say, see ya. And uh, so figured it out from there and had fun and uh, then just started doing it more and more. And uh, I think what really changed was when I was uh, 14, uh, my coach was a pretty high level coach and uh, uh, he brought in his former coach, which was Tom Reynolds out of Bumaine Farmington. And he did a talk about skiing and, uh, you know, usual coach stuff, talked about it here and here and did that and really got me interested. And I think ever since then, when I was 14, that's really got the bug about skiing and learning everything I could learn about it. Boy, what what an honor it was for me when I was, I was in early years of being an examiner, you know, only been in there a year or two. And, um, I was able to ski with coach Reynolds and, um, just had that one time skiing with him. And I'm like, you always call him coach. It's like, oh, it's yeah. just, always coach. <laughs> everybody, yep. you know, before I had skied with him, everyone talks about coach Reynolds and coach. And I'm like, and then when you meet him and you ski with him once, it's like, yeah, I, he's that's coach. 
<laughs> yep, just the way he talks and the way he looks at things is similar to how I think of things. And we connected really well and, uh, you know, then skied through, through, uh, you know, prep school and, and high school stuff. And, uh, knew I, you know, I had some choices. I was never going to go skiing competitively at any real school. Um, you know, club teams, I could have made all that stuff, but, uh, with my racing days, but, uh, you know, what Farmington was doing back then with Lee Breidenbach and with coach and, uh, and doc, uh, you know, that's a bunch of us decided we went, wanted to go there. And, you know, that's, uh, that was, you know, forever ago now, obviously, but, uh, you know, that really inspired me to uh, want to be a ski coach, ski racer, and, you know, keep keep going forward with things and learning more about the industry. Yeah. So when did the seed, when was it set? When did that seed get sowed that you um, wanted to um, be a boot fitter or you started to kind of delve into that a little bit? Was it with your own boots or? Yeah. I mean, my feet are kind of, uh, they're not hard or anything, but they're, I'm just not flexible in some certain things. So uh could never really figure it out. So, but I'm a tinkerer, you know, engineer mind. So I like to tear things apart and build it back up and uh, kind of figure out, you know, kind of work backwards, figure out, you know, why things aren't, uh, aren't working the way they should and experiment and then go back and then learn why it worked. And uh, uh, I got all my certifications with, you know, PSIA and USFCA and coaching full certs and, uh, I was going to be a race coach. I was going to, you know, do some stuff for USSA and Beth Raymond and uh, be the Eastern development coach. And uh, then I was just like, no, I don't really want to, I didn't really have the bug to drive around and, uh, and do all that. So kind of knew what Greg was doing over in uh, Green Mountain Orthotics way back when at Stratton and uh, Lee Bradenbach kind of introduced us and I went over there and, Within the first five minutes, I knew that's what I was going to be doing. Uh, the biggest thing with boot fitting and obviously teaching and coaching is great. And I love being out on the hill and working with people and seeing, uh, you know, I have a really good eye for movement. So watching people ski. Uh, but I think uh, knowing that I can have more an effect on somebody skiing in the shop than I ever could teaching them or trying to do drills or progressions, because if their boots and skis or their equipment isn't right, uh, they're never going to progress because they're always going to have that big hurdle in front of them that they can never, you know, move past and always feel they're at that terminal level. And, um, you know, there's definitely a science to boot fitting. You know, as you go through the preliminary stuff, if you're a beginning pro and you go to some of the boot fit um, clinics that you put on for us and some of the other guys around the East um, that are great boot fitters, um, what are, where did you learn that science? Um, was it working with Greg exclusively? Oh yeah, definitely. With working with Greg, uh, his way he thinks of things, he works backwards also. And uh, just his idea and his, uh, how he looks at the whole picture. And, uh, and then he was a full cert instructor also. And uh, so, you know, having the feel and, and knowing how things are on the hill for, you know, where, where the feelings are going to be and when you're supposed to have them and what to look for was a good thing. Uh, but being there that first year with him, and that was in uh, 2000, 99, 2000, no, yeah, 2000. And uh, another guy that worked for him was a guy named Scott Thompson. And I only worked with him with one, one year. Uh, but uh, he showed me a lot about alignment and uh, movements. And, uh, and it just took off from there and just wanted to learn more and study. And uh, yeah, and uh, 
I mean, the biggest thing is, I think for me that, you know, how I like, I mean, I have a passion for skiing and love talking about skiing and boots and equipment and all that stuff anyway. Uh, but everybody's a challenge and it's, uh, you know, you're, you're listening to what they're, they're talking about for their symptoms. And it's my job as kind of the investigator or this, uh, CSI kind of work to, uh, kind of figure out what their real problems are and then put them together. So, uh, uh, it's just build and build and, you know, and then with experience and learning more about stuff with anatomy and the product, the engineering, it's just, you know, it's just gone from there. And it's, it's still, I, I still love coming to work every day. It's great. So when people want to get a boot, you know, they, <clears throat> excuse me, they ask us a lot, you know, what, you know, you know, cause some people will go, I'm a Technica foot or I'm a Nordica foot. And I mean, how much of that is true and how much should they come in to see you first or someone that does the stuff you do to try to let them know what the boots are now? I mean, cause I can't imagine all of our boots are the same as they were 10 years ago. And well, that's still... the, that, yeah. That's the funny thing when people talk about, well, I've always been a Technica or a Langfoot. It's like, okay, was that Technica back in the icon days in 03, 04? Cause that mold got destroyed in like 07 and they went to a whole different mold and, you know, uh, but it's all about foot shape and foot ideas. So, uh, you know, they've kind of gone through with their different ideas, especially Technica Lang have done a lot of work with different volumes and shapes. So it's just a matter of looking at somebody's foot and saying like, Oh, your foot's this style. It has like a V shape where it's narrow in the heel wide in the front, your foot's real straight, or you have like a C shape and it's just matching up squares. Just like you did when you were like with my, my kids, when like little kids where they're putting the blocks and the stars and matching things up. And uh, it's, you know, you can with boots these days, they're so easy to work on anyway with molding and shaping where you can literally take a square peg and put it into a round hole, but why not take the square peg and put it into a square peg and have so much less work to do and, uh, keep the integrity and the performance mind that they designed with the boot there. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm open if people bring boots in, that's great. And I can say, Hey, we can work on this. This is no problem. There's, there might be some better choices, but we can still make the boots work. They're so easy to work on now with things. It's, uh, compared to say 30 years ago. I mean, the technology's just progressed so fast every year, even. Yeah. And, um, so once you've got the boot and you've kind of looked at someone's foot and I know you do the flexibility stuff and check all the bars and all those kind of fancy words you talk about, um, you know, how, how important is that footbed? Well, the boot's job is really only as a support around the sides of the foot. And so the job of the insole, a custom footbed, uh, an orthotic, some people call it, um, but a footbed is something that creates a foundation and builds from the bottom up. So it works together with the boot because um, what's in the boot is just a piece of flat felt just to make it feel soft and squishy when you put your foot in. So that you say, hey, I want to buy this. This feels soft and squishy underneath and uh, doesn't really create that platform or uh, a foundation that's solid to help out with movements and control and kind of hold the foot in place to uh, make the boot perform like it needs to. So uh, the boots, you know, obviously in, is 1A and footbeds are definitely 1B. 
but they go hand in hand and you want to have at least some kind of support underneath, whether it's a full custom or even if it's just an off the shelf, something that has some shape built into it. Uh, you just need something that holds your foot in place a little bit better. Yeah. Um, for me, it, it's crazy. I went through a lot of my search stuff without one. And then when I got my first footbed, it was like, it, it, I, I didn't get enthralled with like the performance right away. It was just my foot in it going, it, it just felt so much more comfortable. Like I take the footbed out and then just put my foot back in with that. You always, it, it cracks me up when you take out the, the, the insole that comes with the boot and you kind of fling it over you yeah. and you're like, yeah, that's 10 cents. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, that's what their design is. It's just something that's soft and uh, they're not going to put as much effort in it. A lot of people ask like, Hey, how come there isn't, you know, these better insoles in there? And it's like, well, what if you don't need it or you have your own insole, you know, and the company's going to have to charge you 50 bucks more for that right. boot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just something as a starting point, you know, you got to go somewhere. And it helps obviously to, make the boot warmer and most everybody you know has just uses that and is fine and doesn't understand that there's so many different options to help out with not necessarily performance but just comfort also because yeah. it just helps out with distributing weight more evenly over the whole foot which makes it more comfortable and then makes you feel the ski edge to edge so much better yeah. and now what are some of the um different things you use with your footbeds because i know you have different materials you use for different stiffnesses, that kind of stuff for your foot. Oh, well, it depends. So you talked about the, you know, one of the most important things when people come in the store, uh, whether they have their own boots, they're buying new boots, whatever, uh, you have to do an assessment and kind of figure out what their issues are. So uh, you got to learn about their flexibility of their ankle, like flexibility of their foot, their arch. Um, so different uh, flexibility. So somebody who's really flexible needs more support to hold their foot in place where somebody who their foot is real stiff and rigid, like how mine is having support doesn't do anything to me. I need that comfort and shock. So um, learning about somebody's foot, I can use different materials to help bring them into that middle zone and uh, you know, get them what they need, whether they need more, more support or they need more uh, uh, shock absorption and, and, uh, ability to just distribute weight and be more comfortable under their foot better and uh, that all starts the moment they walk in the door and uh, you, you got to learn what's going on with them as an individual and you know everybody's different so that's uh that's the main thing is to you know boots can be customized but i like to talk about that i'm personalizing boots to people and it all depends on what their unique characteristics are to their foot yeah because i know angel and i get a these are some of the basic questions him and I hear all the time of like, should I be in a stiffer boot? You know, and, and they don't put any, anything to that other than just, you know, I think I'm in a soft boot. Should I be in a stiffer one so I can ski better? Um, you know, or do I need a plug boot? You know, do I need that plug boot for, and it's interesting that, that, you know, you can't make that one determination without doing your assessment of, of each person's flexibility and, and stiffness, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's, uh, obviously it depends on the individual skier and what their goals are. If somebody's only looking to uh, progress just a little bit, there's no reason to put them in in a full-on race room stock uh, you know, plug boot. They're never going to be able to use that boot to its capabilities, and it's actually going to limit them in their performance and in their progression to being a better skier. So, um, I mean, I always like to put people in stiffer boots than what they are as their performance level because you can always grow 
it with the boot because we can always do things to soften boots and uh but it's really hard to make them stiffer so you can put somebody in just a little bit more of a performance boot compared to where they are especially if they're going there um i don't carry beginner boots to lower end intermediate boots because people are going to outgrow them on their performance way before they're going to uh you know outgrow them on their you know usability and their liner's going to pack out and things like that so uh uh but yeah it's always funny when people come in and say you know well i'm a good skier i'm going for my level three and i've heard from some people i need to get a race room boot and it's like well okay well are you racing well no uh are you going to be standing in them all day for eight hours in the cold yeah well these boots are pretty cold and they have a pretty thin liner and uh but there's these other boots that are performed just as well and they're actually going to be better for you so let's look at these ones and you know uh that's always great with people with uh you know if they come in with their own boots or they'll say you know hey i'm looking for you know this mach 1 technica or a, a lang rs 130 or something it's like well we can try that one on and hey here's two other ones that are a little better for you that uh might be where you need to go okay. angelo's sitting there he's, he's thinking he's shaking head he's yeah. something. <laughs> I just, I think I, you said we get a lot of questions and I, I think I hear more assumptions than I get yeah. questions. And I think a major assumption is that the stiffer, the better, Yeah. but I don't, I don't think, and this is based on my experience of not knowing it, not realizing what, how much of a role my personal flexibility played in what boot i should be in where you know like nick just said someone very flexible versus someone with a more stiff foot you know and i i just i don't think i don't think people know that but that's based on me not knowing it before you know so can you talk to some of the assumptions that you hear nick like when when folks come into your um when they come into your shop, what, what sort of things do you have to dispel before you get to like really have an honest conversation with somebody about what they might need? Well, just being honest, uh, trying to open up, you know, uh, asking questions, what they're looking for, you know, what their goals are, you know, what they're looking to progress. Like, Hey, I, I'm not really looking to do any, I only want to do hiking and backcountry stuff. So there's no reason to put them in a race style boot. Um, or if I pull out, you know, for brands, you know, I pull out a blue boot for somebody, a Lang boot. And somebody says, ah, you know, Lang, I had those way back when and they killed my feet. And it was like, well, that was a long time ago. They've changed. Uh, so having people open-minded and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to, obviously their feedback, they're part of it. They're buying the boot from us. But, you know, I'm, I, I don't sell boots. People buy them from me and uh, I'm just giving them the best options. But the biggest thing is educating them. You know, hey, uh, I know you want this low volume super skinny technica boot but hey this medium volume that's a little bit wider it's the same exact boot i know it doesn't have the, the cool colors and something else that you're looking for that's in the magazine but this boot's actually going to be a little bit better so uh educating them what their needs are and what i'm seeing and why and then letting them be the judge uh that's the biggest thing i mean uh going back to the stiffness thing that you were talking about uh, about everybody needing a race boot, you know, if you're a higher end skier, well, it, the reason why you have a higher boot is a higher end boot is because you're skiing faster, skiing harder, transmitting the power from your foot through the boot, the boots a lever to bend the ski. Um, 
but if you're a high level skier and you can perform and you're in balance, you still could ski in a rental boot and be able to go out and still perform. Obviously it's not going to, you're not going to do 50 down the, the mountain, but you still should be able to stay in balance and get the boot to perform. Um, the biggest, uh, I think one of the, being a race kid and all that stuff, uh, way back when we had gone out to uh demo team stuff and at copper uh me and greg hoffman a long time ago and uh you know greg's buddies with rogan and uh we saw him out skiing and then he skied over to us and he was just parking and making these beautiful turns and uh he came up to us and he was in a nordica rental booth and he was doing some performance stuff because they were doing some photos and uh, he was getting some feedback on how they could improve things. And he, so that opened up my eyes seeing the super high level skier, being able to make the same turn he could with his race boot uh, and same feelings. Obviously you have to do some different, uh, you know, different tasks and some different movements to get things to happen with that kind of boot. But, uh, but in your skill set and your bag of tricks, you can still be able to do it. So I mean, the boots are all adjustable where you can change the performance lower and make them softer. And I think personally, most everybody's in a boot way too stiff for them because you still need to be able to have movement and absorption with the boot to be able to stay balanced front to back. And four-act balance is the most important, I think, of the skill sets for everybody. So it's uh, uh, everybody thinks that they should just be able to leverage on the boot and lean on it. And it's like, well, great, but you still need to be in balance. So, the, Nick, skiing has been influenced by racing for probably historically. That's a pretty safe statement. But are you starting to see an infiltration of like some free ride mentality coming into boot design now that, oh, yeah. that that's becoming uh, so popular? You know, let's say like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, the high end boots were just based off of the race boots. And then there was two categories. There was high-end race style, and then there was uh, your bucket boot, your intermediate level and below boots. And uh, there's been a couple of brands that started to progress and to be like, well, you know, people that are higher end aren't necessarily going to be looking to go down that front pitch that's all icy. They want to go in the back bowls of Vale. They want to go do some other steeps here and there in the backcountry. Uh, I think one of the, the biggest things is K2. You know, they don't make race boots. They don't, they have no racing mindset or anything. And they make some really high end boots that are unbelievable for performance and for me for customizing and adjusting. Um, but they're bringing it from a different setup where they're looking at it from just a pure skiing setup rather than looking at like everybody had before. And that got a lot of the companies, you know, 10 years ago when they started making boots uh, to kind of look at the same idea. And that's kind of, when I started working with Technica, same idea. Um, they just wanted to look at it from a different point of view. And and about 10, 8, 10 years ago, when boots really started changing with different plastics, different ideas, uh, really stemmed, I think, from that. And uh, There's just so many options now, which is great. Well, and it's such a, like what you're talking about is such a great marriage of science and art because it's like, the first thing we talk about are people's desires. What do you, what do you want to do on this? You know, what do you want to do? Wanting to do something is the art piece of it, you know, and then you use the science to get them to their goals. And I just think that's such a, it's such a, um, 
it's such a great example of how um, being rounded in your approach and being open-minded in your approach to, to skiing um, opens up some doors for you that you might not have considered before. Like, uh, yeah, I, I think I, that's, yeah, I think that's the biggest question. You know, I, that's great asking people what kind of level skier they are. You know, that's great if you're an expert level skier, but you have two kids and you're going to be on the bunny hill and you're not really ever going to be in the next five years going to be able to ski how you want to on your own. Uh, but your mindset is you want to go ski with your kids. So let's get something that you can, that's comfortable. You maybe has hike mode that you can walk around with them on the bunny hill or do different things. So, uh, you know, asking them obviously what level is great, you know, are you high end, you know, or how many years you've been skiing, you know, that's great. I've skied for 40 years, but have, are you, have you been a black level, double black level skier for 40 years? No, you know, and same idea with progressing with maybe getting older, you want something that's comfortable, that's warm, that you can still get around in. So asking them, you know, the biggest thing is what you're looking for. You know, Hey, if you're looking for a hard charger, great. I got those boots. Are you looking for something to go hike, but still be able to ski all day? Great. You know, but being able, cause that eliminates, you know, three quarters of the wall right there of all the boots trying to figure out what they want and not the feeling that I'm pushing them into, uh, you know, the Nordica boot was the uh, boot of the year or one of those kind of things. And I'm just selling them what's uh, all the advertisements and stuff. It's uh, something that still goes to that personalization and making them an individual of what they really want. So, Hey, you've, you've had a pretty big gum. Deal with uh, Technica that you've been working with them and in part of their research and development and feedback. And can you talk a little bit about how that works and and how you get into that and your involvement with them now? Yeah. So the uh, the group that's part that we're in it's uh, it's called uh, for Technica Group. Uh, it's called te- uh, Project One Sixty Five, and it's uh, it started off as a bigger setup. There was about six of us from around the country uh, in Canada. Uh, that just they just really wanted to get some ideas from the boot fitters of what hey, what people are looking for in the shops, what we're seeing, what are some challenges, and start working with the engineers about you know what they're seeing and what we're seeing, and kind of talk about it and figure out what the needs are and go from there. Uh, we started that in 2011, and uh, that was started uh, mainly by a guy named uh, Bart Tuttle, who was the project manager forever for Technica. And a guy I'd known for a long time and uh, really trying to get, you know, a, a boot fitters view into uh, some of these designers instead of just like you guys had talked about before, just spitting out race boots and then taking a race boot and softening it. And there's the expert level boot. Um, so start talking about different shapes, different widths, uh, you know, volumes of boots and still being able to make them. You can have a higher end expert level boot that is a really really wide fitting boot and still be able to perform just like the race boots and those were not on the market even 10 years ago uh so if you were a higher end skier and you had a big wide foot you're either paying me or some other guy a whole lot of money to widen those race boots out so you could be comfortable or a lot of people ended up you know uh you know quitting skiing because boots weren't comfortable and just didn't have the options for them that uh uh, there are different setups of their fit. So, uh, we started over kind of with all the boots that they had and developed our, 
worked with their engineers and started uh, developing different styles and creating a story. And uh, it's, you know, basically there's about five different fits right now within the line of Technica. And uh, so basically there's a shape for every foot as well as there's a performance level for every foot. And, uh, you know, really start working on different things with how the liners can work. Cause the, you know, the plastic's great, the shells are important. Um, but the liners were basically just carpet foam in a lot of these boots and they were just all thrown together and uh, really spent some time engineering the liners. And, uh, and a lot of companies have followed suit because now that's really what can uh, hold the person in place and make it more comfortable, more have better warmth, retention, better circulation, but also marry with the plastic and be able to perform really well. And uh, yeah, now there is four of us uh you know and we and there's two guys from italy and we just have we kind of get together obviously we were getting together about four times a year and uh skiing trying different things the engineers would come to us and say okay here's some plastics here's some things that you know could work and we'd go to them and say well you know what can we do this can we do that and i think that was a great thing for me because then it gave me a better understanding of the engineering of the boots uh, because we all say, well, why can't they just make the boots really easy to get open and, and you can get in and out of them or do different things. And it's like, well, unfortunately the boot can't really perform if you do that, but here's some tricks that we can do and try this and try that. And, uh, you know, and, and now instead of the boots taking, you know, 24 to 30 months to develop from starting to being out on the market, you know, now we, we've whittled it down to almost 12 to 18 months and, uh, really streamlined the process and, uh, it's, it's just worked out really great. And I'm, I'm happy to, to be with them and, uh, give them input and, uh, obviously go skiing at all these fun places and go to Europe a lot. And, uh, why not? But, uh, but it, it's definitely opened my eyes with, with, uh, being in the shop of understanding when people say, well, why can't they just do this? Or why is this buckle here? Well, this buckle has to be here because it has to hold you there. And there really isn't kind of any option right now for things. And, uh, uh, so that's a cool thing, just to understand things a little better of how it's actually built. Yeah. So, so Angela and I will let you know that you know when you have to do those Europe trips and you need somebody to carry your bags, you know, carry wax your skis when you're over yeah. there. Just, yeah. just give us a call. We're, we're, we're ready to roll. Yeah, yeah I had uh, it in college. Yeah, there <laughs> yeah. we go. Yeah, hopefully, once uh, all the sickness is all done and yeah. we can go back over and uh, meeting together because we've been doing a lot of Zoom stuff and talking. Uh, but it'd be great to be able to uh, sit around the couch like we all do and yeah. drink a beer and then go yeah. do stuff because we can get stuff done so fast getting up together. It's uh, it's amazing. Uh, just all the minds coming together and talking about different things. And there's people from different parts of the country, which is great. So they're seeing different things at different mountains and Hey, Nick, what are you seeing over in the East? And uh, you know, here's what I'm noticing. Hey, you know, Mateo, what do you guys see in Europe? You know, here's this, here's that. And, uh, it's kind of cool just to see, hey, this is what they're doing in California. This is what they're doing in France. And uh, and then getting understanding of like, oh, okay, well, we could do that here, but we don't need it. Or we maybe I should start looking at it that way. So, uh, Well, um, there's a big push going on. Blizzard Technics has been doing it for a while with the Women to Women program. And um, 
it's actually teamed up with PSA and Ozzy. They're doing a three-part webinar. It starts tomorrow with um, Leslie Baker Brown. And yep. I, I know, you know, a lot of the stuff that's going on with that. Cause you know, the boots that are coming out for the women and that can you, you know, what are some of the technologies that um, and research that's gone into uh, the women to women for, for the boots and, and even the other companies that um, are doing a lot with women's stuff. Yeah, the biggest thing, because I help out with them with kind of overseeing. And, and there's another girl that's uh, kind of partnered with us now with Sam uh, Tischendorf, who's out of, uh, uh, she's out of Telluride. And she kind of works with us on Project 165 as a boot fitter and, and also on the women's to women's side. But the whole mindset of the women's has always been, well, you shrink it and pink it. And uh, so they would take the guy's stuff and just put pretty colors and flowers on. And there you go. Um so the biggest thing with Technica, especially with these two boots, the women's version, you know, and everybody talks about a women's specific fit or a women's specific foot. Uh, in my opinion, there really isn't a women's foot. Everybody's foot's just a foot. It's everything from the ankle up that's different. Um, so the, with the women's boots, you know, they're shorter. And one of the biggest things with Technica, they have this uh, adaptive cuff, the uh, CAS system where you can heat this up and get different shapes for somebody's lower calf and uh, different shapes, contours. And and they have a, a group of about 10 to 12 women that are kind of in their focus group and get their idea, same thing of what they're seeing, what people are talking about in stores, you know, what they've noticed with women, trends, colors, different things that would just make women feel more like this is their own setup rather than it's just this orange boot and and it's a different color uh, and shorter and softer and it's got fuzzy foam on it and, you know, fur and things like that. And, uh, and I think that opened up a lot of people just to understanding, you know, obviously women are half the market. So uh, they have their own setup. So guys have their ideas too, and they can crisscross. I mean, I put guys in women's boots. I put women in guys boots. It's, it's all about, your physical structure and how you're built. So they have two different styles of boots and things that are actually real, a real, you know, a, a, an actual difference of the boots rather than just a different color is a, a big thing. And Leslie spearheaded that and really pushed. She was director of marketing forever for Technica Blizzard and uh, old Votal way back when. And, uh, and she just has always been an advocate for women's stuff. And, uh, you know, it's worked out really well. And the women's group, and they started branding it, logoed it. And now with the partnerships with PSIA, and it's really brought a lot of the women back in to have their own identity and be part of skiing again. So it's great. That's awesome. So when we get into the, the actual fit, and or I shouldn't even say, I should, I'm, I'm, well, I shouldn't even say that. It's like this, you talk about a neutral stance, you know, that it's not the fit of the boot alone. It's not the alignment of the boot alone. You really look at the whole body. And like um, when we set up my boot, I know you like to look and, and have me in that neutral stance. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that is you look for in folks and how you want to get them centered for aft, lateral, that kind of stuff? Yeah, exactly. So it all goes to planes of motion and which is the skills of skiing with all, you know, obviously the old ATS manual, uh, with four apps, you know, pressure control, side to side movement, lateral, uh, rotary steering movements, which creates the biggest one, which is balance altogether. So the biggest way to think of it is you're trying to, you're a joystick and you're just trying to get somebody centered so that they can make any movement equal distance, left or right, uphill edge, downhill edge, 
uh, with the same amount of energy to get things to happen so that they can be more of a, a proactive skier instead of reactive. Um, so finding their setup and learning somebody's uh, knee alignment, hip alignment, four F front to back balance, you're just setting them up so that they're in a balanced setup. If you just push them down the hill uh, with any little movement, they can make any little adjustment for terrain, snow conditions, some little kid coming out of the side of the hill. Uh, but so that they're just not predetermined or preset onto one edge or being one side dominant. Um, so what we're looking for is everybody's asymmetrical and a little different. So you're just trying to get them into what we call that home base or that neutral stance so that, uh, they can just move wherever they want. And, you know, that makes them a better skier just because they're not having to adjust and adapt to certain things, because if, if you're, you know, already set up on inside edges and that's just how it has you standing, you got to make a big movement to get back to zero to flat ski before you can roll them over to the uphill edge to be able to start that turn. And while your other ski is doing its own thing because they're just not in sequence. So it's just about trying to be symmetrical and uh, bringing everybody back to their unique setup and everybody's a little different. When you look at, there's so many variables. Like I love, I love coming into the shop and uh, just watching you work on folks and and work on their boots and uh, how you talk it through. Because like it, it is every person you start with. It's like you don't start necessarily in the same exact spot all the time. Um, there's kind of a, definitely a flow when I watch. You know, there's certain things you do first, but then it's it's interesting how that changes and where you go with folks. Like, is there really like a set place you have to start or is it a little different um, when you start setting somebody up because of all the variables with the body, the flexibility, then you got, you know, the putting them into the boot and how the boots formed and the height of the cuff, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, the easiest way to think of it is, you know, when we were kids, you read those uh, books that were those choose your own adventure books where you could, uh, you read a passage and you say, well, do you want to do this or you want to do that? And then go to this page. And so it's the same idea, but you still have to start with the foundations. And we call them the ABCs of boot fitting. So part A is the boot environment, making sure it's the right size, right shape, right performance, uh, maybe right heights, proportions, things like that. And then you can move on to B, which is the, the foundation, the foot environment. So making sure they have some kind of support front to back understanding their ankle flexibility and then understanding their lateral, their side to side movements with, you know, with what an insole or a custom footbed will take care of uh, to help balance them better. And then there's always that who knows section, but you always have to start there. And uh, I, sometimes I do it really fast on people because, you know, you see that they're all set on these certain things. So I can just kind of move forward. Um, But then it just kind of goes to a tangent here, a tangent there, and it goes back to what their needs are. Hey, you know, my foot's fallen asleep a little bit, you know, so let's start looking at this, who knows of where it's getting choked off somewhere, but you still have to go back to what we call those ABCs and uh, really have some kind of foundations or uh, kind of a, a ground level start for sure. Yeah. Um, because it's funny because we tease Troy, you know, especially <laughs> when he's not here, then he can't defend himself, but, uh, uh, yeah. but Troy's, Troy's a riot on the hill. He'll walk up and, uh, 
it'll be funny. There'll be people hopefully putting in comments like, yeah, he's done that to me that he'll walk up to a group and he'll just look around at their boots and he's looking at their buckles to see how much they've cranked them over. And he loves just walking up and he'll go to some of your boots too big. Yeah. He, uh, I think I've made him, uh, I've worked on Troy for years and uh, I think I've made him dangerous because now he's got his own equipment and uh, you know, his own yeah. boot fitting tools and Dremels and, and all this stuff. And uh but it's true. I mean, uh, it was a long time ago, but the numbers are crazy because uh, everybody that owns their boots, there was a study done. Uh, 94% of the skiing population that owns their own boot is in a boot one size too big. And then 79% of the skiing population is in a boot that's two sizes too big. So it's just crazy. You know, most everybody's in, you know, and that's our ABCs. That's A. And they're already in the wrong setup because the boot's not holding them right. Uh, their foot's going to move around. They're over buckling. They're doing something. Um, when I used to do the lectures for, um, you know, examiner training and, and director seminar, you know, that was the biggest thing to talk about was uh, how important the ski boots are. And, uh, you know, that's great getting people on the hill and doing these lessons. But uh, if you're going to spend two hours on a private and do these progressions to get them a better skier, but they're never going to be able to get any better because their equipment's holding them back. Uh, you got to start there with uh, with the ground level, making sure they're in the right setup. Uh, skis too long, skis too short, you know, wrong widths. You know, they're on a one 15 millimeter powder board. And it's a hard pack day at Mount Snow. You know, that isn't going to be a fun day. But so isn't, you know, being in a boot two sizes too big that you just can't perform and move around. So, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great thing with, uh, with hopefully teaching a lot of the examiners and, and, and ski instructors that come in, what to look for, you know, do I want them or tell them that they should be tinkering with boots and doing all this stuff? Yeah. Eh, no, because they should be, you know, you guys are the, the, the instructors are the eyes on the hill and seeing what's happening in real time. So I love uh, when I used to have the shop on the mountain at Mount Snow, that was great because people could come in with the instructor and the instructor would say, hey, Nick, uh, you know, for Joe here, I'm seeing him do this in the turns. And those are giving me some cues of their symptoms. And then I can start doing my investigative work and kind of figure out what the problem really is. Um, but, you know, and I used to do the uh, I think Bill does it now, but uh, uh you know, stance alignment course with where we take people on the hill when it's part of uh, PSIA, which is great because uh, we're not trying to balance people or do anything. We're actually trying to do the opposite and get people off balance so that they can ski and they can get a feeling and a sensation of what they're happening with their feet, with their upper body, their movement sensations to the turn of how they have to overact or overcorrect to get things to happen. And then completely put them backwards and then make them ski that way right off the bat. And I think that that course was a, a great eye opener for people just because it actually got them on the hill. And then other people that are there, the instructors, because it's a, a group thing. Um, well, I, I saw, you know, Jim skiing and he skis great, you know, and now he has to really rotate his knee and he's got a lot of upper body movement to see what's happening. And uh, maybe that's a, a cue that like, oh, this is this uh, client that I've been working on for a long time. These are some of the movements they're doing and, and it's that they're overcorrecting and over overdoing things to get things to happen. Or if they didn't do those things, it would take forever to make a turn. Um, so I think that's a, a great for the instructors to have, uh, you know, to 
to be just dangerous enough where you guys could be putting trail <laughs> maps in boots and on cuffs and fill volumes and, and i don't know when i was when i was a race coach we used to play with uh dimes and nickels for uh you know alignment issues for canting to actually get a, a true feel and and to get a racer to get that sensation that we're looking for that we've been talking about and well let's put a little shin here and do that and obviously with liability that's probably not the safest thing but uh but there are options with duct tape and things like that but at least just you know being able to have a conversation with the guests that hey i i think there's an equipment thing going on and let's that i'm noticing and either let's go into the store you know uh, here's a boot guy or girl that i'm really you know have a relationship with and they're going to be able to look at what's going on and then let's go back out on the hill tomorrow and see what's going on and then we can start progressing and really getting to where we need to be and uh and i think that's uh one of the big things that uh instructors really need to do is try to get out of their element and get a different feel because we always get the same let's say the same boot every year or the same setup and you never really get out of that feeling that you've been into uh see where you have to make different movements or different feelings and uh and i think those courses are great i mean charlie rockwell used to do the getting gear thing and uh and i used to help him with that way back when at bromley and and make all the instructors ski and rental boots i think that's the big best thing in the world that should be something that's uh, at every mountain as part of their ski school training and development is to put them all in rental boots so they have to see what their guest is is working with and uh and maybe that changes the way they teach and uh start uh instructing and talking to people yeah that little 10 cent foot but i love when you're in the rental boots and somebody puts their foot in and you hadn't looked in there and it's like slid already forward all the way forward and it's tipped up this way and their toes are hitting or it's got three packs of uh the shake up heater still in there oh god the poor stuff that people go through with rental boots and that's the oh. biggest thing with uh you know what are the numbers i mean you guys would know it's like 15 percent of the yeah, population yeah. that actually goes skiing the first time goes again so 85 yeah. percent of the people aren't and, on. and i and that's going to be a big push with a lot of the brands that they've been really working on of making these rental equipment and lower equipment instead of it just being these cheese boots that aren't any good and skis you know they've put a lot of research and development to make the progression, the skiing style, you know, easier to learn and, and, the, and talking with PSIA and ski schools around and uh, figuring out like, well, let's make the skis like this because this, you know, that's kind of where shaped skis and, you know, rocker early rides came from, you know, with uh, being able to get the tip on edge so much easier and, uh, you know, less effort and better to steer because you're on a smaller ski for rotation and, uh, uh, I remember old Sugarloaf days when, you know, the old GLM with, you know, starting the guys at 130 and then going to a 145 and, and that just made things more playful. And, uh, you know, but getting back to that idea with the rental that, you know, with all these people that are in, you know, not knowing how things work. Uh, so I think uh, with ski schools and, and, and rental departments at these mountains, I mean, that's the biggest opportunity that I think is lost with skiing. I had a girl <clears throat> in a lesson. This was probably in 1994 and beginner lesson. And this is when I knew I had, or I thought I was a equipment and boot fitting genius because she just had this look of agony on her face. And I said, what's the matter? And she said, my 
foot hurts. And I looked down at her feet and one of her boots wasn't buckled. And I said, well, your boot's not buckled. And she said, well, I can't buckle it. So well, why not? Because she had a house arrest bracelet in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've had so that. what do you do with that, Hotshot? <laughs> oh, no, I've, I've actually had that. Uh, you kind of smile and you don't want to prod too much of how they got it. But uh, you can just take a junky liner. You know, you always have boots kicking around that you're using for parts or whatever. You take the liner and cut a hole out of it and maybe push the boot out a little so it takes tension off and treat it like, you know, they, it's, it's a part of their leg. You know, it's, it's how it is. Uh, when when I was teaching way back when uh, with part of sh- uh, Farmington stuff, uh, uh, with the ski industries program, we were doing stuff at Sugarloaf and we're all, you know, uh, they brought these kids up and they just basically threw a pile of boots, you know, down and the kids kind of picked their own stuff and we're out there waiting for them. And, uh, this we're waiting. I don't can't remember what the kid's name was, but, uh, he was probably like 12 or 13, you know, small kid. And, uh, you know, he finally came out and it looked like he was wearing flippers because he had these huge size, 13 14 ski boots on and uh you know the kids maybe four feet or whatever and he comes slumping out and the kids are talking to him and said hey you know uh you know steve what took so long and he was like well these are the only boots that were big enough that my shoes fit in so he had his sneakers (laughs) inside the boots because he didn't know nobody had gone through the steps with him in the rental world to talk to him about one how it's supposed to fit what you're looking for uh, he just kind of kept trying stuff on and still had his gym shoes still on. And uh, yeah, that was pretty crazy. That's a, that's a new form of footbed. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, yeah, exactly. It's uh, I, I don't know how the, how he got his foot even in there, you know, just in general. Yeah. Nick, what do you think your, how many years average under their belt does your typical customer have by the time they come to you and they're like, I want you to set me up. How long does that take from when they're beginners? Oh, you mean how long they've been skiing before they realize that they need a proper boot? Um, For a lot of times it's uh, because there's been so much education now with ski magazine. I used to be a product tester for ski magazine forever. Um, And then another one of my buddies that's out in Oregon is one of the writers, uh, Mark Elling, who does a lot of stuff with the boot world. Um, but just getting it out there that there's, that these boots can be worked on and adjusted. So we're seeing a lot of people who have rented for one year, especially with the pandemic last year, when people got back into skiing or had never skied before, so they could get outside and do stuff. Um, they're going straight from the, the word go, you know, that their first pair of boots, they've only skied a dozen times, but they need, they, they want to get the best boot that they can so they can be a better skier. Obviously, skiing's not cheap. I mean, with lift tickets and passes and just everything in general. So, uh, you know, and we're competing with Disney World and the beach and warm weather and stuff like that. So a lot of these people are starting to understand that, you know, you know, it doesn't really necessarily mean, you know, that you've had to ski forever before you get a real boot fitting and a proper boot that works right. You can get it from being a beginner and, and get the right boot and go from there. You know, I'd, I'd love that because they're not predetermined or pre-set up with bad information or what hasn't worked for them or any of that stuff. And then you talk to them about the boot and educate them and talk, you know, hey, here's some of the features. Here's what's different with this boot versus this boot. And, uh, you know, see that there's options. A lot of people just don't know that there's options in the ski boot world. 
uh, with fits, styles, shapes, uh, performances of what you can do with them, with hiking, with hybrid boots, any of that stuff. So um, with true fitting with insoles, I mean, uh, like a complete fitting, you know, you don't have to have a problem with your foot to get a custom insole. A custom insole's job is two things. It's to balance the foot and distribute pressure. Um, so you can still have, let's say the perfect foot where your foot's, you had no issues with it, but you can, uh, you know, still get something to hold you in place and create that foundation. So even if you're, uh, just skiing on the greens and hoping to get to blues, you know, an insole is going to help you, you know, down the road quite a bit because you're going to be able to perform and progress that much quicker. So, uh, yeah, kind of a long answer to your thing, but I mean, it, it's for averages. I mean, most everybody will buy their own boot either at, uh, you know, a false sale or get it from a buddy before they want to invest, say, 600 bucks in a real boot. Um, you know, but then after they figured out that that boot hasn't worked for them, you know, then it's okay, well, let's talk to somebody about why it's not working and, and get a boot that's a proper fit and a proper hold, and, you know, and enjoy things. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause we've been, the, you know, the clinics you talked about that, you know, Bill, Bill hates new and now when PSA has been doing a bunch of them, Dave Taylor did, you did a bunch yep. before that. Um, I've, I've done some of those as the, the staff member out there and it's a blast having people go the wrong way and <laughs> like things don't work. They start to figure out that, Oh, this is what some of our customers have. But um, you know, when we go to footbed, this is something definitely we've been encouraging folks to go see you see some other people that's near them to get the good foundation because it is hard for a lot of our members they're trying to reach that level two level three or even go to dev team and without that good foundation there you know there's no way that you can get them really aligned well correct well yeah i mean that's one of the key things with uh the old racing mindset with Bodie way back in the day, because his foot's super flexible and you know, that people were like anti footbed and that it locks the foot in place. But the whole job is that it's going to hold the foot in place. Um, I'm not locking the foot, making it real rigid where it can only do certain things. It still has to have some, you know, kind of some fluff or a little bit of movement. And usually it's like for numbers wise, it's like two to four degrees of ankle range of motion side to side is what the footbed is what you're looking for. You still need that fudge factor of people being able to have some feel and some sensation with skiing. Um, so it's just not an on off switch with the boot locked in place. But I mean, the biggest thing that a lot of people that come to me that either a lot of the instructors or examiners or, you know, uh, coaches have been, uh, they failed these uh, progressions and you guys as examiners have said, well, you're out of alignment. You know, you need to go see, you know, whoever. Uh, you know, that's the biggest thing that's holding them back is they're using their movements to get them to the home base. And then that just takes away some, some of their range of motion and extra movements they can do to go to really articulate and get that edge to where they need to be or, uh, ski kind of in that fourth dimension. We always talk about of being able to go through time in different setups with never knowing what's coming next and being more of an aggressive style skier instead of a reactive, you know, just one turn Eddie going down the hill and doing because the boots got you locked up. Um, but basic alignment, you know, cuff alignment with the top of the boot where it can move side to side. I mean, it's all about using these adjustments and the, the features of the boots to enhance your fit. 
so that you can perform as best as you can be. You know, if somebody comes in, I'm not going to make them, you know, a world-class racer, but if they had that ability to be a racer, you know, them being in the wrong setup of equipment is going to hold them back. So us as boot fitters, what we're doing is just trying to get people into their optimal setup of what they can do and enjoyment and you know, maybe they're going to ski more and go to different places, take more lessons, want to be a better skier. But it's all about getting them so that they can be the best skier they can be, you know, where they're going. But it, it's so profound what it does, what a good fitting does and what a what a great fitting boot does for you. Like I, I remember um, the first pair I had that was really, really a great fit. I could feel the muscles in my feet articulate. And that not to say my heel would move there, you know, I was locked in, but there was no, well, you talked about, I, I watched one of your YouTube videos. You're talking about over tightening. And when you over tighten, you just, you cut off all that movement. But if you've ever stood on a BOSU ball, like in a sneaker and you're balanced on one foot on a BOSU ball, you feel that fine articulation of the ankle and you feel that fine articulation of the, the muscles in the feet. And when you have a really great, fitting boot on you can still feel those things as you come down the hill and it just it just fine tunes in my experience just fine tunes the skiing so much and i i i look back and i'm like why did i wait so long well that's always the funniest thing you see people you know when you're skiing you get to the top of the hill and somebody goes down and they just start cranking on their buckles you know tighten them as much as they can they ski down the hill they get down to the bottom and the first thing they do is flip them all open and what they're doing is trying to bring the boot to them to hold them in place because if they their boots just the wrong volume or wrong shape or whatever um but you should be able to ski in a boot and perform in a boot that's lightly buckled because you want the boot to hold you through fit tension the design of the plastic and the hold rather than buckle tension so it should just be that these buckles are actually really loose on the sides and not over cranked where it takes three of us to try to buckle it down to hold them in place better. Um, that'll give you a better feeling on the hill of movements and sensations, but it also helps out with circulation. You know, the biggest thing is you want an even fit all the way down so that you can have equal blood flow through your arteries and then back through your veins so your foot can stay warm. But also if you, you know, if you've ever, you know, cut circulation off in your hand or your wrist, you know, where you have that sleepy sensation, you have no feeling in your extremities for balance. So like we were talking before of uh, skateboarding and stuff, I mean, you got to be able to have, you know, those skater shoes that are real low cut so that you can allow your foot to move and sense the board. I mean, in people that are over tightened ski boots, I mean, you might as well go take your ski boots skateboarding because you're never going to be able to use your ankles and your foot to feel the board to move things around and the only thing you're going to do is move higher up the joint chain and you're going to be doing a lot of knee and hip movements and you see that with a lot of people skiing you know of like they're bending a lot more at the hip they're doing more upper body movements because the joints that are down below that are in the ski boot can't do their job because they're getting either choked off or they're working more than they have to so so, Angela, this is what we need. And I'm giving away the answer now because he'll probably listen. But Terry Barber wants us to, you know, do jump rope in our ski boots. 
what tricks can you do to our boots to make it easier for us, Nick, to do that trick? <laughs> well, just think of what you need with jump rope when you need something that absorbs energy and then that you can bend and propel. So rental boots. You know, so I'm sticking that, rental yeah, boots. Rental boots, just put some uh, Firebird stickers on them or some, uh, you know, some uh, RX, RS boots, you know, some blue Lang stickers on them or whatever to make them look like they're race boots. But you just need something that uh, can absorb energy and then propel it because the idea with flex, everybody's wondering about performance of the boots. The higher end boots are stiffer and have denser plastics because they're there, the whole idea is to uh, take the energy that you're using with your upper body and your leg and transfer it to the ski. So a lower end skier is going to ski slower, not ski as hard and put more energy into things. So they need a boot that absorbs energy because they're never going to need something that transfers it where a higher end race boot or an expert level boot is really stiff so that it can push all that energy to the ski and get things to happen. So Hey, if Terry wants you guys all to, with examiner <laughs> training to be all in uh, jump rope and stand on a, a half dome ball or any of that, I mean, you have to bring some rental boots. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna or paint them the, orange. Yeah, take yeah. all the plugs out of the back of the boot and just make them free. You know, you take a uh, take a hiking boot and unclick it, and uh, you know, you can definitely hike and uh, and jump in that kind of boots. So, oh yeah. man, I that's hope, awesome! I they don't so. need to see what boot it is. You know, then you go in the back and flip into your, your mock ones or whatever, you know, before you guys jump back out on the hill. There it is. Uh, there it is, Angela. We got it. Yeah, Sue, there's your, Sue, uh, Sue's not listening. She's going to come out with a box yeah. of jump ropes. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Sue's looking at it going like, well, we can do these exercises to make it happen better, and, which is true, but Hey, I'll use all the equipment advantages and technology that I can. That's where Angela and I are. We're going to, we want the uh, cheat sheet, man. Yeah. Uh, well, um, as we start to finish up, I just want to, I, I think it's really neat. Um, I really enjoyed having boots and the education I get in the shop, but it, it is neat. If people are looking for someone that doesn't try to sell them, this is exactly what you need. You really listen to what I'm trying to do on the Hill, what I want to accomplish. And we've worked on a lot. And, and you have, as we've developed that relationship, as I wanted to change things, you've looked at me and just went, yeah. <laughs> and it's not loud. It's just kind of, and I'm like, you don't like that. You're like, but then you did explain what you're thinking. Well, and then I tell I you, I'd be, be like, well, hey, that's a great idea if you want to do this. And you're like, but that's not what I want to do. And you're like, okay, so there's your answer. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I used to be a golf pro and do stuff like that. And one of the head pros would always talk about it when people duff off the tee and it's like, that's an interesting way to play. You know, I, I wouldn't have thought to do it that way, uh, but good luck with that. But, uh, you know, with boots and how I talk to people about things is, you know, uh, here's I'm on the side, you know, I have, you know, I know what every boot is. I know, you know, with training and how your foot works and stuff like what could work, but is that the ultimate thing? You know, no, uh, I'm wrong a lot, you know, and which is good. Cause that's why I'm so smart. Cause I try to learn from all my mistakes, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, and so I'm wrong a lot. And, uh, but the whole idea is, you know, and then I talk to them of why I think it is what it is and, you know, go from there. I mean, talking about Troy, I mean, when he talked to me a couple of years ago about wanting to go into a smaller boot and I just was like, why mm. <laughs> yeah. you know and, and he's just like well because i can do this and that and i was like well you can do this or that but here's what you're going to lose you know are you willing to lose these certain things to gain that and i was wrong because obviously he you know, <laughs> stretched the hell out of the boot and made it work and i didn't think it was going to work because it's 
whatever, but, you know, same idea. So it's the, you know, it, and everybody feels sensations and pressures differently too. With my foot, I have a really wide foot, but my foot's been used to being in a race boot forever that it can just morph into a tiny foot and, you know, and, and be fine. But there's other people who any little touch on their foot, you know, is agony. It's so everybody's a little different with sensations, pressures, uh, you know, diabetes, rhinoids, all these other different things going on that you have to play into a factor, but it still comes down to people choosing what they want, you know, and, and my idea is to educate them, talk about what I'm seeing. Here's the reasons, you know, and then it's up to you. Yeah. I think it's just important that I wish I'd done it even sooner was to have that exposure to you and Greg Hoffman and Bill and Mark Stewart over at Wyndham and uh, Dave Taylor. Cause it's just, it's a great education. And, and I, I love when, you know, I think of ideas of what I want to try to perform and sometimes I get, yeah, let's do that. And then sometimes it's just like, but it, it's that education and, and using your knowledge of like, will this work? And well, like in you said, theory, we is it going to work right. or is it just yeah. like, it could work. So let's try it, you know? Yeah. And so that's the biggest thing with like canting, you know, where everybody yeah. was really big on alignment with canting. It was like, well, in theory, it should work in the store. It works statically, right. but you're not on statically on the hill. You're in the dynamic setup. So the biggest thing is tape, you know, playing with duct tape on people's bindings. And, uh, and in theory, here's what it looks like in the store when I put somebody on the bench and go through my little rock and roll and drop the plumb bob and look at the, the line and stuff like that. Um, but there's so many other factors in play. So, uh, you know, I, I want people to go try things, you know, it, you know, cause if you're only listening to somebody tell you how it should be, you're never going to get a sensation of, of what isn't working or, Hey, that actually works better in this aspect that I didn't know I was looking for. And it all goes back to learning styles and different ways of teaching and things like that. So, um, you know, I never really tell anybody no, except for the person who wants to buy a boot, like two sizes too big or, um, they want to buy a boot because Nick Laylock said that this in ski magazine, this was the boot or my buddy has the boot. It's like, well, Hey, that's, it could be a boot. And I, I, I have never really been in the mindset of just somebody wants a boot. I think it's the wrong boot just to sell it to them. Uh, I kind of poo poo that and say, no, I actually, this boot over here is way better and here's some other stuff, but try it, you know, and then it's up to them if they make that decision. Uh, when people come in the store and they have issues, uh, they always talk about that they were sold the boot. You know, you sold me this boot and I'm feeling this or that. You know, when everybody comes back happy, they always talk about that they bought the boot. I bought these boots and they're working <laughs> excellent. Um, and my mindset is always to get people that they're buying. So I'm not so let folks know that dumb. Well, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the person that's, that has stuff that they're buying. You know, I'm yeah, never right. selling. I don't, I've, I hate the hard sale. And I think that goes back from working for Greg forever uh, of that laid back mindset of uh, you can only bring them to water and it's up to them to drink it. Uh, but it's up to, you know, you educate them as much as they can and they're making an educated choice of what they want. And, uh, you know, and, and then understanding why. So. So the shop opens soon. We'll be yeah, launching so, this podcast. Uh, I, always wait, yeah. I always wait as long as I can because yeah. uh, I know people always email and want to get stuff done over the summer. But uh, with people going to the beach, wearing flip flops, your foot's not ready. And uh, mentally also, I think 
once the leaves start changing, it starts getting colder. Um, so I always open up weekends in, in October. I think that's the best time. Best time to buy a boot in theory, I think, is November because the companies have the, the shops have the best election. You're been in a tied up boot or a sneaker for a little while now because it's gotten colder. Um, a lot of the boots that ha- don't work for people are people who came in and flip flops and, you know, their sensations aren't right. So I always wait until uh, as long as I can. But uh, Columbus Day is, is usually the best time to start thinking about your ski boots. And, and ski boots are always the first thing you want to get. Uh, you can always demo skis and try different things. Um, but with the boots, it's, it's really about uh, getting that first dialing, dialing those in. It's the connection to the body with the foot. Um, you know, the saying is always, you know, you, you date your skis and you marry your boots. So, you know, you always get your boots done first, get those properly fit. And then you can start demoing or trying different skis because then you have, you know, talking about variables like we did before, then you're ruling out the, the boot and some of those issues of why you might not have liked a certain ski or, uh, you know, it didn't you know, it didn't work for you or one worked better, but it might've been because the boots weren't set up right and at least eliminate that factor. So yeah, always get your boots first and then you can get the skis on snow and, and uh, try some different things and go from there. Yeah. So I know folks can uh, this time of year, before you open up, they can send email, check out your website. Yeah. Um, I mean, email. I got a pretty basic website, but yeah, nicksbootfitting.com. Yeah. Um, there's tons of, obviously the gear guide for ski magazine just came out uh mountain magazines gear one free ski you know all those ones are starting to come out and uh the good thing is it it gets people to just get understand some of the information that's out there and there's so many different articles out there with skiing uh with you know with boots and how they're supposed to fit what you're looking for um you know uh, my friend sam who's out at telluride she does a lot of writing for ski magazine about talking about how a boot's supposed to fit uh, some of the different things out there, um, Matt Schiller, same idea out in Park City. But there's there's so much information out there about about how boots can feel and what to look for. So, yeah, I mean, I like people to do their research to get an understanding of what's out there and, you know, and go from there. Cool. Well, thanks so much for being with us tonight. And I know Angelo probably has a couple of things, but I wanted to thank you for coming on the podcast tonight and also for... Um, sponsoring us this year and being a friend of uh the fall line with chaos and company that's awesome to have you on board um uh, yeah definitely appreciative and uh you know last year when i saw one of the first podcasts and saw those boots in the background with the sticker on it i was like yeah all right you know (laughs) it's there and then i was like i gotta get a you know be a little more (laughs) you know be a you know get do some sponsoring and do some other stuff but you know with the shop uh i just opened it up last year and uh you know, I was a part of Mount Snow and had a shop called Mount Snow Bootworks for 11 years. And, you know, now, you know, split with, with Vail coming in, you know, I decided to split and walk away. And um, so starting to get some, uh, you know, exposure for the shop that were out there and we're right here at Mount Snow, you know, half mile away. Uh, it's such a great hill for skiing. It's an easy place to get to from every direction. Um, so that's why I love being here. You know, I was out West for a while with Greg and Vale and, uh, then at Stratton before that. And, uh, no, this is a a great place and, uh, you know, I'm happy to have this store and, you know, I only sell, you know, have ski boots. I I don't do any skis or snowboard boots or, you know, we can work on snowboard stuff. That's easy. You know, that's just as important as the ski boots, uh, the snowboard fit. 
we, you know, they're, they're at a different angle with the board and things like that, but all the same factors are in play for how it's supposed to feel and, and movements. But, uh, yeah, just concentrate on boots. And I have another guy with me this year, uh, Craig Wilson, who, uh, used to be with me up at, up at Mount Snow and, uh, was a, you know, longtime ski instructor, 25 plus years at Mount Snow. And I think in Connecticut too, or somewhere who's, uh, so he's going to come on and, and he's, you know, understands the foot and boot stuff as well. So uh, it's great having him on board. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good year. Cool. Angelo. I like four questions. Three of them are stupid. So you can pass, Nick, if you <laughs> want. I like stupid questions because then I can give stupid one. answers. All right. Do you want the stupid oh. ones first? Or you want the real one first? I don't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the best boot advertisement of all time? Oh, oh it's got to be the Lang. You know, with the Lang girls, yeah. you know, from this, you know, before my time, you know, in yeah. the 70s or the, any of that stuff, uh, you know, when you could be a little more risky with your, your stuff, uh, you know, K2 did a spiff on them, uh, a spoof on them a couple of years ago with uh, the girl in the green suit and you opened it up and it's their bigger, hairy DJ guy that uh, was in Ski Magazine. I think that was a great advertisement and uh, a play on the old uh, Lang girls from way back when. but. Uh, yeah, I think uh, for advertising and stuff like that, it's probably got to be that. Everybody knows it. Everybody has a. Everybody has their poster or remembers it when they were younger. So, right. what was the silliest boot gimmick of all time? Oh, uh, <laughs> oh there's a couple for sure. Uh, there's ones that I that were gimmicks that I actually thought were great, um, and then just were were just failed. Um, but uh oh hold on i got it right here <laughs> he's got it he's got it in the shop you're gonna go to youtube for these props folks you can't, you can't <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Let me and he's back yeah, he's back i got my little here. boot museum uh, and just weird boots but there's actually two i should grab the other one too uh but this was uh the old dalbello called the sgs boot oh yes it weighs about 15 pounds but it's got uh the stance it's the sgs boot but it, it was the stance uh geometry setup where you, you could actually unscrew this get somebody dialed in with the balancer and then screw it back in so that they could actually get a flat ski and i remember we were doing uh that i think that was one of the first years i was with greg uh 2000 we were out at mount bachelor in oregon uh getting people out there it was called the people's boot test and uh got people up there screwed them you know got them balanced to where we thought they should be and then you just screw it in and it kind of got everybody thinking about canting and alignment and that was really when shape skis you know obviously were on board by then um but this was a boot that i just never really took off and i because of liability because you'd ski it about two runs and then these things would just loosen up and then you just had this boot that was free willy where you'd move and the ski would just go straight um but yeah this was a cool boot uh i got a couple of these and then uh the boot that actually uh everybody said was a failure was the old rosy soft boot um i thought that boot was amazing because it got people to understand that it's not about having this rigid solid plastic and it got people to understand that the boot can be easier to get on and obviously it failed because the name was called soft you know soft one two three and then they had a pro so that was a, a an epic fail for for marketing um but there's every boot that's on the market right now has some kind of technology that that boot developed 
and, and kind of pioneered. So uh, I got one of those boots over there, but I think that was one of the, you know, a boot that was a failure, but actually was a success in the long run. What is your personal favorite boot color of all time? Oh, color? Uh, well, I look good in orange uh, because uh, the name for Project 165 is, is Pantheon uh, 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 165, which is the color Agent Orange, the orange color of the Technica boots. And that's where the name comes from for our project group. Um, but for me, uh, I don't know. You can't go wrong with black either. Black goes with everything. It's, uh, you know, black looks good on everybody. Does my Glad ass you... look big in these ski boots? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm right. didn't pick white. It's very <laughs> yeah. slimming. Okay, here's, here's a real question. You ready? Somebody comes into your shop. What should they ask you? Oh, what should they ask? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, not what's on sale or what he got left over from last year, which are, are obviously good questions or whatever, because you can always get a deal, but it's only a deal if it works. Um, but what they should ask me is, uh, you know, hey, what, you know, what are some of the styles of boots that you have? Or And hopefully people have done their homework and understood with education now that there's so many different ideas with uh, boots out there for shapes and volumes. And it's what everybody should go in when they ask to any shop is just to see if they have a full range of boots for volumes. Um, because that's the biggest, when somebody goes up on the bench and we measure their foot, we're obviously looking at their shape of their foot for width. And I don't pick boots based off of which ones are going to work. I work backwards and eliminate the boots that are not going to work for people. So if I have 30 boots up on the wall, and I look at somebody's performance, their foot shape, maybe how much they want to spend or, or any of those factors that play. Um, and then there's three boots left. Then I pick those three boots and let them try them on and do the cage match where you'll put one on one foot, one on the other. But making sure that a shop has a, a full array of boots is really important so that they're just not getting into something that's the... Uh, this is only what we have. You know, these are great boots. They could be, every boot is great right now. There isn't a sucky boot out there. Um, all the boots are really good because they, they have an identity and they have a, a setup for a certain person. And it's just a matter of me holding somebody's hand, walking them through so that they can understand, like, you know, I'm leading you to where the boots are that you're, you know, that you're looking for, that the, the options that you've, you've, we've talked about and, uh, you know what you're looking for what the boot to do here's the magic land in the room of where there's a couple of boots and and go from there so uh, uh the biggest thing that i ask for people is just to be open-minded you know uh, give the boots a couple minutes let your foot relax uh understand that the boot is very easy to work on obviously it shouldn't kill when you're trying it on in the store and things like that but the boot the the boot's going to feel the tightest the, when you try it on brand new in the shop, it's only going to get bigger. Um, and what you're looking for is that it should feel like a firm handshake or a glove. It should feel like there's even pressure everywhere, but it should feel like it's a part of you so that any movement, you know, is going to get extended out to the ski and, uh, you know, just that it's going to be able to, uh, you know, enhance your skiing. So just have people, it takes time. Like a good boot fit should take about an hour. 
you should be able to try on you know about three boots is is usually good if you try on more than that obviously it takes too long your foot doesn't remember what you tried on with boot one versus boot five um and a lot of shops don't have that many options also that are in the right setup you don't need to try on every boot that's on the wall um because obviously if you're in a you have a, a really skinny foot you're not going to be trying on any of the wide boots so those eliminate their great boots but they're just not going to work for you as an individual um and then you want to do that cage match that i talked about with trying one boot on one foot one on the other and then flip-flopping them because your foot's going to be different left versus right and if i try on keep one boot on the left foot and try three boots on the right foot all of them are going to stink and that left foot is the problem foot and everything fits great there you know, you got to be able to flip flop and get an understanding that the boots are, are workable. You want to go to a shop that has a guarantee and is going to work with you. Um, the best place to go to buy boots is at the mountains where you ski because you or a shop that you trust in town or back home so that you can get adjustments. But adjustments are part of the deal with all these boots. Um, it shouldn't be, you know, a one shot thing. It should be something that, uh, you start skiing and it's going to break in more. It usually takes, you know, three or four days of skiing for the boot to break in properly and get things going. Your foot's used to being in a boot, um, you know, and if you need a little adjustments to, but you just want to be able to go to a shop that uh, you can trust and, uh, and uh, you know, that has an open mind and will will work with you on making the boots adjustable. Awesome. Yeah, this is great. And, it sounds um, stupidly simple, yeah. but uh, it is that simple. I mean, yeah. uh, these boots are so easy to work on compared to, say, 20 years ago when I started fitting boots, uh, you know, with grinding and stretching. I mean, the boots are so light now. Um, you know, the, the, the liners are so much warmer and they're using different materials to trap heat. Obviously, with heated socks and heated, you know, uh, uh, lithium batteries and all this other stuff where you can actually stay out longer and, and feel warm and, and comfortable. And, and that's what it goes down to is just still feeling comfortable while you're skiing. Um, because, you know, that's great. You can be in this high end race boot that you paid 900 bucks for, but if you can only do two runs before you got to go in the lodge, I mean, it's not really a good investment for money for value. So, um, you know, we're competing with the beach and warm weather and other different things. And, uh with skiing you know being cold and the hassle of going to the mountains and all this other stuff you want to make it as enjoyable as you can and the boots are just so easy to work with now that it's possible you know you can get a comfortable boot really easily so perfect this is all this has been awesome um we, we are going to extend the invitation we, we would like to have you back again this winter um because i guarantee we'll have some people wanting to go into some more specific boot alignment issues or boot alignment um, factors. And I would love to have you back to chat about that, or maybe we'll get some other questions, but uh, thanks for being with us tonight, Nick and uh, Angelo. It's always a pleasure, my friend. <laughs> yeah, no, it's my pleasure. I mean, I love talking about boots and uh, there's so many different ways to go about it and talk about things. And uh, the biggest thing is just having people, you know, I love having people come in the store and ask questions or want to try stuff on. Hey, great. You know, don't do it on a Saturday at four o'clock when we're busy, but um, you know, and same with all these other shops too, but uh, you know, being able to talk and understand what's going on. And, you know, if people have questions and want to write it in the comments and we can circle back in a couple months and, yeah. you know, do different things and talk about different stuff. I mean, there's, there's just so much to it and we can get in, in depth and, 
talk about tangents and do different things of what anybody wants. But uh, that's what's so great about this with eBoots. It's the most important piece. So we should really focus on it, you know, as much yeah. as we can. Absolutely. So uh, thanks everyone out there for listening. This has been the fall line with KS and company. We've had Nick Blaylock tonight with at uh, Nick's boot fitting over at Mount Snow. Got it right that time, didn't I? You got it. Yep. Good <laughs> Practice good takes time, yeah. man. <laughs> good and night. hey, and you know, it's always a good thing when you go in. I have to say, when you always go in and get to your skis tuned or get a boot fit, a couple beers or a rack of beer goes a long way if you want to learn some stuff about boot fitting. Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> no, no argument. Know, and, and wanting to learn, especially with the instructors, uh, learning the equipment is key. Yeah. You know, you got to learn what's out there, what people are skiing on, skis, boots, bindings, all these different things. So uh, understanding and talking with people, I mean, like Angelo said about, you know, asking stupid questions. I mean, I always, I'm a smart ass and always tell people, you know, uh, I'm going to give them stupid answers, but, uh, but you got to ask the question, you know, and then learn. So that's what it's all about. Awesome. Thanks. Been a great podcast. Awesome.